They say the future of the country lies in the hands of the youth. Rhodes Music Radio. Music Radio. Rhodes Music Radio. We are the future. The time is exactly 20 minutes past one. As I said, you are still listening to the quarantine base with myself, Apiwe. I did mention that we'll be in conversation with Sue. Sue, how are you doing? Apiwe, hi. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Listen, as I as we've been mentioning, um, you know, throughout the week, and I think the weeks before, that um, I guess the whole country, globally, everyone has been trying to figure out and you know trying to come up with solutions, um, you know, and dealing with the pandemic that we are currently facing globally. On your end, um, in terms of just covering on the ground in in the Makanda area, what have been some of the um, issues that have been rising up um, on your side? Should we be concerned, or are things still smooth sailing? Period, yes, thanks. Here in Makanda, as across the country, actually, the big story is food. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hungry people whose day-to-day income has been affected by the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you've got a clip there that I'd love you to play. It's the head of just one of many hundreds of households across the town that are struggling to keep food on the table. So just to set the scene, if we can just hear from Angelina Branke, if that's okay. Okay. My name is Angeline Prentje. I play here in Kanini. I work here. And now that the lockdown is, is it very hard for us. I have kids and I get the income. And I work here. The lockdown is hard for me. The job is hard for me. I can't work the job. But I have to go home with the kids. And I get the cost for me to go home. Uh, wat er kos is vandag in die huis? Ek het een beetje reis, ek het paar artappels, ek het millennial. Uh, hoe krij jy normaalik kos? Waar vandaan kom dit? Hoe krij jy die geld normaalik? Nee, ek krij die geld wanneer ek, mos, wanneer ek die jobbies doen. Wat die jobbies is dit? Dit is in die mense, was goed was, strijk, so aan. Nou krijg ek die jobies, dicht die geld, dan koop ek mys nou die kosties wat ek ken van die kinders gee. Hoeveel kinders woon in die huis? Alles. Ek het drie, die twee is die onder my my sister, dan sit die enetje, dan sit die meisie wat die Dit gaan baie zwaar is, was waar ek gaan as, en dit was net wat ek gaan die vat en die mekaar maak vir die kinders. Gaan baie zwaar. Tussentijds, waar krij jy koos? Of hoe krij jy koos? Ek gaan sommige keer aan my sister toe. Ek, ek, ek bel haar, dan bring sy vir my die piekie wat sy het, dan deel sy saam met my. So what's coming for me from this is that, um, you know, a certain communities are still faced with, you know, the plight of poverty. Um, on your, in your view, has the local government done anything in terms of trying to curb, um, you know, some of these injustices that are, that are continuing and obviously that are going to persist some more during this lockdown? So, actually, yeah, um, there are a lot of people doing a lot. There's several initiatives to help. And, you know, as you heard, domestic workers are obviously some of the most vulnerable yeah, yeah. Uh, groups anyway. And this is the kind of work that 
and thousands of people across our town are doing. And lots of initiatives to help. <clears throat> so first of all, the official channel, Department of Social Development, has got a system anyway of providing for vulnerable families, which is continuing through uh-huh. lockdown. Um, and like the Department of Social Development, the South African Social Security Agency doesn't, but sure. neither of them has a dedicated COVID food relief fund or program. But um, they've kind of tuned their regular food distribution program uh-huh. to, uh, to cater more during this period. Um, today, for example, 150 households are on the list uh-huh. that was compiled by ward councillors that had to be seriously fine-tuned because like per ward there were something like 2,000 people whose names were done. Uh-huh. So, um, some officials have had to make, I suppose, difficult decisions um, about who, who to give food to. Anyway, um, I believe they're actually still waiting for the truck to arrive. Oh. Um, but Julian Jacobs was there earlier. Okay. And um, I believe you've got a clip that we can play from. Indeed, indeed. Well. I'm speaking to Julian Jacobs, who's uh, one of the communications representatives on the Joint Operations Committee of, for COVID here in Makana. Julian, can you talk to us please a little bit about what's come out of the jock in terms of planning for food? Let's start with that. Yeah, food, the food situation, we discovered that obviously this is an extraordinary situation, uh, it's a crisis, um, and so what certain role players like Sasa, the Department of Social Development, uh, Makana Food Team, the Fisher Trust, uh, the Grahamstown Resident Association, and so many of the other NGOs that's involved with, with providing food. And, and we decided that this former team, a committee, just to look at the crisis and to look at how best all parties can help uh, residents who are currently not having any food. So there are two issues, immediate food requirements and then food security, which is a longer term process. So uh, today, what we're seeing today at the, the center is uh, a result of councillors providing lists for verifications to SASA and DSD, and they in turn then are uh, informing uh, residents to qualify to get food parcels today. So this is one. Yesterday they were in Hill Street, I believe. Uh, today they heard uh, BBB Zondani. Yeah. So we're here at BBB Zondani, and there must be, I don't know, Julian, what about 300 people here? Now, my information is that there are 150 people who have qualified and who are on the list to receive food today. And we're waiting for the truck to arrive, I believe, from King Williamstown. There's only one contractor serving the entire eastern cake, and the truck broke down in King. So they'll be here just now. And we've spoken to a couple of people out here. What's the sentiment? Some of the young people, they were saying, um, why are the older people getting food? They're already getting pensions, they're already getting money. Uh, it's unfair. They are unemployed. They need food. Uh, they don't want to go into town and break into people's homes and stuff. They're really desperate. And they feel that 
because these, the pensioners and the, those getting social grants do get money. In fact, they're getting money in two weeks' time again. Why aren't they getting food first? So there could be a little bit of a problem here. Um, we're hoping um, it can be resolved. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. So what um, systems are in place to ensure that people like those young people you spoke to today um, are accounted for, are on a list, and are on the roster to get food? Because I understand it's a huge food list at the moment, yes. of at least 800 people, yes. and that's just the Makana Covered Food Committee. Yeah. Uh, what, what we do know is that we have taken in cognizance the fact that uh, this is a crisis, so they, uh, this is just the, the normal kind of way of doing things is obviously not going to work. Um, I do know that all these NGOs and departments are trying to get food uh, from the lotto, uh, money from the lotto, from the solidarity fund, uh, from private donors. It's difficult, but I think they are trying to ask for donations from anybody who can afford to give extra food or tins or whatever the case may be. Um, we would probably provide people with exact details where they can drop these food, uh, food donations. Um, so I, I want to ask then, Sue, from since that moment, um, can you also just, you know, run us through on some of the things that happened when the truck did arrive um, and, and, and to, to sort of give out the food parcels? Sure. Well, um, a, a previous, sorry, sorry about the quality of the sound. That's real live on the ground reporting for you. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is that truck, uh, at, at my last information, mm. arrived. Oh. it broke down, I'm told, and was on its way. So the police have been very uh, proactive uh -huh. about monitoring the food queues. There was a queue in Hill Street yesterday that needed a bit of attention, and the police very um, competently and effectively uh -huh. intervened to explain to people that um, those who were not on the list were not going to be able to receive food, and so they should go home. That was mostly a group of car guards. Today, of course, it's it's a, a, a different entity providing the food and the okay. list. <clears throat> and again, um, they uh, were there this morning just to see that everything was fine. And I imagine that when the truck does come, they will be okay. You know, another th another issue I think that came from um, Mr. Julian Jacobs, you know, talking about how young people felt like they were being excluded and how that also might just lead to a rise of crime. If you can just speak on that, I mean, in terms of then, you know, getting onto that list and, and the application process, what does that look like for a listener at home who's interested, you know, or, or, or feels um, that they want to get onto that because they're struggling, uh, you know, to, 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 to have sufficient food throughout the lockdown? So there are three main routes to getting this kind of assistance. Mm -hmm. um, the one, as I mentioned, is the Department of Social Development, and the other is SAFA itself, and they both have application lists. Now, they talk to each other, and they're also talking to what's officially now called the Circle of Unity Makanda Food Group. Okay which is what I'd like to talk a little bit about. Okay. Now. It's a civil society group, and civil society is filling in a lot of the gaps. Um, so those three entities 
um, are talking to each other. That's important to know. Mm. It's not like um, you contribute to the civil society group and then people also get food from SASA and then also from DSD. No, mm-hmm. they are talking to each other. Okay. So this Circle of Unity kind of food group, they're using existing food distribution projects as well as schools to identify people in need. So since Saturday the 11th of April, they've already delivered at least 170 food parcels to vulnerable households attached to some of the schools here in in Grahamstown. I'm terribly sorry about the the noise. There's not much I can do about it. Um, As well as residents in Sun City. Uh And they've also handed out 320 loaves of bread. So that's that's a a lot of food aid that's been done. So the distribution's been done according to a growing list of desperate households. Okay. Um, and those that list comes from several quarters. It comes from um, people in the community broadly. Nomalangam um, Kiza is one of the people uh, oh, okay. compiling that list. Um, then there are groups such as the Food for Futures program, uh, the cathedral's got a program, Live Lucano, Diocesan uh, and School for Girls, mm-hmm. also got a, a, a food charity initiative. They're all talking to each other. And this list is a compilation of all of those. I see. So nobody gets put on any list. Ah, I see. Okay. So even so, even though they're madly raising funds, getting together as many donations as they can. The need is far greater than what they're currently able to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nikki Hayes, who's one of the people coordinating those food groups, says, you know, many, so many people rely on peace jobs, just like Angelina Branke's. Mm-hmm. Um, jobs that you get here and there. Yeah. And so they, they're not able to earn at the moment. And of course, Scholar Nutrition is obviously at a standstill. And the many feeding schemes have been unable to continue during lockdown because they involve large numbers of people. Yeah. I mean, point. It's an issue. Um, the regulations now, and the police are, are being quite emphatic about it, is that the food must be taken to people where they live. Um, the, I, I need to say it was extremely competently and uh, peacefully handled yesterday, okay. but there was potential for things to get out of control with quite a large group queuing yeah, for, yeah. for food in Hill Street yesterday. It didn't. It was very well handled by the organisers with the assistance of the police. Okay. Um, but that, that is a problem. Mm. So then when next will the next delivery take place? Is there a set out schedule for those? Are the communities aware of when um, and where they are able to, you know, get in touch with the people that will be delivering the food parcels? So... Your best bet, if you're needing food assistance, is mm-hmm. to get in touch with your councillor. Okay. Those councillors talk, or your ward committee members, those councillors have got a direct line of communication with the Joint Operations Committee, and sitting on that Joint Operations Committee, which is chaired by the mayor, and which has got all the government and non-government entities in it, sitting there once a week, um, are people who can take those names down and put them on a list. Mm-hmm. So I can also suggest um, if you want to <clears throat> support the civil society route, 
is go to the McConnell Revive uh, website, okay. the Facebook page. They have an account. It's the same. It's one account. So if you want to donate specifically for food, you need to put COVID food as your reference. Okay. But those details are there. It's an audited account. It's legitimate. And you can you can trust so, that the funds will be used for the right thing. So is that the website and the Facebook page? Can you please just repeat the, the titles for me? So... The, it's Makana Revive. Makana Revive. The civil society organization. It's been, you know, the, they're the guys who go around with big signs repairing potholes and big uh, okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's their fund that they've redirected for COVID relief in one way or another. <clears throat> and Apiwe, can, can I talk a little bit about crime? Sure, sure. Under lockdown. And then, you know, a couple of nice stories after that. I don't know how much time we've got. You can go ahead. You can go ahead. Okay, great. So we know from the community that there have been several arrests and fines issued for lockdown-related offences here mm-hmm. in Kanda. Unfortunately, we don't have official figures or facts because the process for getting official police comment is even more difficult and tortuous than usual. So all the queries must go directly to the provincial communications office, not even... You know, not even the local office. Mm-hmm. Those are referred to the national spokesperson, who's understandably extremely busy. So we, <laughs> yeah, us poor people here in Macanda have waited nearly two weeks for confirmation of queries that we wow. ages ago. So I'm sorry I can't give official confirmation, but I can assure you that people are getting arrested for lockdown offences, for okay. not for gathering in groups, for being out and about when they're not supposed to be, for doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing okay. so <clears throat> do stick to the rules they are being monitored and you know there are arrests being mm. made we also know um, from the community not confirmed by the police for the, the reason I explained just now yeah. that there was an attack on an immigrant owned father shop in Georgia two days ago and that there have been other incidents of theft and looting and this is extremely concerning. We, we're not that kind of community. We don't want that to happen. And um, I, I believe that community leaders are, are very much against what's happening and, and plan to speak out um, imminently. Okay. <clears throat> but it's a concerning trend that's starting to happen. And as we know, yes, there are, are hungry people, but it, it's not hungry people who are doing the theft and looting. It's it's a criminal element as always taking advantage of, of the situation and difficult situation. That's that's what always happens, yeah. And nice story. I, th- I think I spoke last week about the street to street um garden marathon that uh, uh, oh, yes, yes. we're doing. Yes. So they were they did it last Saturday, they actually did it. They got up while the moon was still in the sky. <clears throat> and uh, Sally Price-Smith ran 56 kilometers in, in their garden, and her husband oh. Colin ran 21, all in their garden. Can you believe it? And uh, they wrote afterwards, we won't be turning left again for a while. You can imagine. <laughs> round and round. <laughs> yeah. So it was laps of 0.18 kilometers, and they did... Close to 400 laps. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway, I mean, can you believe it? But most amazing of all, 
and this they've raised through the Give and Gain page and also through the Grantstown Residents Association uh-huh. Facebook page. They've raised more than fifty thousand rand. Oh wow! Um, to go towards the Makanda COVID relief. Oh okay. So this is, you know, for food, for yeah. masks, for all sorts of things like that. Right, perfect weather. Um, yeah, three hundred and eleven laps they needed. That's that's incredible. Sorry, we've got a cow walking down the road. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, And so the last thing I'd like to talk about is um, masks for Makana. Yes. It's it's definitely a a trend, Um, not just a trend, it's been endorsed by the Minister of Health. Dr. William Kizer mm-hmm. has said, do wear masks. General members of the public do wear masks, even if they're not medical-grade masks. In fact, you shouldn't wear medical-grade masks yeah. as a member of the public because we need those for our frontline workers. But do wear them because even a cloth mask, if you make it and wear it and use it correctly, mm-hmm. does protect other people from your airborne droplets. Yeah, yeah. And because it takes such a long time for symptoms to develop with COVID-19, and any of us could be walking around carrying it and we don't know. So Mm. the principle of the Masks for Makana campaign is I protect you, you protect me. So we both wear masks, we look after each other. Mm. I believe that also that the initiative will be donating the masks um, across the town. Uh, tell us more about how did that, the, the face masks for Makana group sort of come about? So it was the, the people behind the group sussed out that there were uh, campaigns in other countries. I think Czechoslovakia ran a campaign mm-hmm. um, and they claimed, of course, it's, you know, it's not necessarily proven, but they felt that because so many uh, of, of their general public were wearing masks, uh, okay. that, was why, that was why their rate of infection was so low. I mean, I'm sure there are other factors too. But the, the, it, it has been accepted medically, and like I say, our Minister of Health has supported it. Um, so yes, they've been out, they handed masks to the two taxi associations, uh, I, think, I, I believe, and there are professional sewers and private residents all turning their skills to sewing masks. So it's, it's a huge, it's something a lot of people can do. Um, so people are either making masks to give away, mm-hmm. donating to people who can't afford to buy them, or the professional outfits like birches and so on are making yeah. masks to sell. So you can, you can buy a mask to give away if you want to. And um, again, go to the masks for Makana. It's a it's a masks, and then the figure four. Makana. Okay. Um, is, is that the Facebook page? That's the Facebook. Page. Okay. Yeah. So they've got all the information. Sue, thank you so much for this enlightening conversation and I hope um, you know listeners at home have taken down the necessary information that you've shared um, with us. Any other you know last you know thing that you want to mention that you think is quite important and should be you know um, spoken about quite urgently? So two things. 
So one is everybody always wants to know how many positive cases do we have in Mutter. Uh-huh. I don't know what the update is of today, but it, it takes a long time to get that information again because of, you know, the channels are extra long and yeah. extra careful. Um, but as of Wednesday, the number of positive cases here in Makanda mm. was unchanged. Okay. Actually. And I previously reported on those two cases. The one was somebody who, who was recorded here because they were tested here but doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. And the other is somebody who is living here. Um, and they, according to the health department, they self-isolated when they returned from the UK. And then they went straight into quarantine when they found that they were positive. Okay. So um, I, I think that period of quarantine is finished, I'm not sure. So do you want the Eastern Cape figures? Do you have those? Uh, you can definitely provide those for us. Okay, but again, this is, sorry, this is from Wednesday. Uh, Buffalo City Municipality, that's East London, 79. Nelson Mandela, that's PE, 55. Chris Hani, 20. Oatambo, 6. Sarah Bartman, 12. And Amatole, 3. Now that Sarah Bartman, as you know, Sarah Bartman is huge. Yeah. It's, it's 58,000 square kilometers. So the policy of the province is to report cases per district. And this is because they had a, an ugly situation. I think it was Kwandegezi, where there was a positive case, uh-huh. and where people were stigmatized and discriminated against because they said, oh, you are the Oma COVID, oh. whatever. You wow. know? So it, was, it got ugly. So the policy now is to do it by district. And... Of course, our district's huge. It includes Craft and Net, Storms River Cookhouse. Yeah. And, you know, that's crazy. Anyway, so that's why it takes a while to get um, confirmation, official confirmation, legitimate confirmation of, of our positive cases. Cool. Thank you so much, Sue, for that enlightening information. As I said, um, it's, it's quite informative and quite needed. If, um, you know, the listener at home also wants to follow you on social media, just to also just stay on update with um, what's happening. Uh, also, I'm aware that also some of this information will be on the Grocodes, um mail. Just give us your social media um, handle so that so, we can follow you. Sure. So our Facebook page is our most active Place. We share every, every story that we put on our website. Sure. And um, we share via Facebook. I I'm s- not that great on Twitter, but Facebook, I'm there all the time. Um, and just to say, we did not do a print edition this week. Okay. But we will be doing one next week. Okay. And please look out for it. It's going to be um, extremely informative. We've got the science communication people working hard oh, at okay. it. Um, giving you information you really need and you can really use. So um, that'll be next Friday. And again, we'll be publishing in three languages. So I think you should too. I think it's going to be a great to do. Thank you so much. Sue, so we're going to go back into the music. You are still listening to Quarantine Base. The time is the, is 13.46. I am Apiwe. If you want to get in touch with me with any updates on your side and some of the things that are happening in your community, Zero double six four one zero four three nine zero is the WhatsApp line. Or if you have any questions for us, hashtag quarantine based on RMR eighty nine seven. That is our Twitter handle. Going back into the music, this is Birdie with people help the people. Do enjoy. Thank you, Sue. Broadcasting live twenty four hours a day. Revolution will not be televised. Eighty nine point seven FM. The revolution is here.